0: You're listening to a podcast from 702 and Cape Talk. The Literature Corner.
1: Okay, what did you read over the holiday? If anything, maybe you bought the books and you didn't read. I don't know. Maybe you only managed to read half a book. That's fine. Perhaps you got bored or you had to put the book down to go to Clifton to have a little conversation with someone. I don't know. But I'd love to hear from you. Give us a call. Tell us what you read over the holiday and whether you give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I just read one book in the two weeks that I was off air, That it is a stunning book, and I'm going to tell you about it a little bit later. But I want to invite you to call in and do a little bit of a review. It doesn't have to be deep and difficult, just a basic summary of what the book is about and how you felt about it and whether you even managed to finish it and whether you recommend it to other people. Uh, we spoke about Holiday Reads. For me, there's no such thing. A book is a book. If it's cool, I'll read it any time of the year. But a lot of you do think about the holidays, a period where you particularly want to read some chilled stuff on the beach or wherever you might be. I want to know what were some of the holiday reads that you managed to complete and uh, do a quick on-air review of it. Uh, Just restrict yourself to about a minute or two. Summary of the book, was it awesome, was it not, and do you recommend everyone else who loves the Literature Corner to go this afternoon and go get themselves the copy or at least next month when they have cash again. 011-883-0702 in Cape Capetonians. You can give us a call on 021-446-0567. Babalwa Niembezi joins us. She's on the line. Uh, she is now a familiar voice on the show. Babalwa, how's it? Are you well? Hello. There you are. Welcome to the show.
2: Hi, Yubi. How's it going? I'm
1: good. How are you?
2: Easy, yeah.
1: Since I last saw you, what have you been up to in literary terms?
2: Um, so I went to Abantu Book Festival at the end of last year. Yeah. And um, it's always a good place to find out kind of what books people are reading and kind of what to look out for. Um, and I happened to sit in on a discussion between the Cheeky Natives and Nigerian author Lola, Lola Shinoyan And she, oh, gosh, I don't know about her, but she's amazing. Um, and so the book that I, I was looking for, and i had been looking for it all of December, and I only managed to get it um, in the first week of January, was The Secret Lives of Baba Segi's wives, ah, Right. Oh, okay. Which, which is a stunning, it's a stunning um, feminist, feminist, like it's feminist literature, but it's based around um, this polygamous family. Um, where, interestingly, it's about these women who use the marital construct, which is often, like, very restricting for women in those settings, um, to survive and create the kind of lives that they imagined. And, I mean, the protagonist is um, the youngest of the four wives, Bula and Ke, who's um, the educated wife. Um, and she... Start, like, it starts out with her quickly losing favor with her husband um, in her husband's eyes because she hasn't yet bore him children. And as we know... The whole purpose of women, the reason why women exist, is, of course, to make children. Um, and so that's like the whole premise of the story, is this woman who can't make children for her husband. But what's interesting is the secret that's at the heart of the story. And I mean, um, Lola writes quite quite interestingly, interestingly, and it's very funny how she writes around Babasegi, who's um, a patriarch, obviously, and he's worried, she's uneducated, Um but he's actually the brunt of the joke in the story. And so it takes a flip on polygamy um, and puts the woman at the center of the story. And it's actually quite funny, the way that she handles the story. And I quite enjoyed it. Um, it took me about oh, four days to read. It's light. It's lovely. Definitely must read.
1: Oh, that sounds absolutely stunning. So you definitely recommend it.
2: Yes, absolutely. And I mean, it's not expensive. Um, it's about 200 grand at EB. So, oh, yes, definitely recommend it.
1: What did what so, and what are you reading now, or what did you pick up after that?
2: Um. So just after that, I also picked up the Madam, um, which is which saw one is, I think <laughs> was one of the first books, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. And I mean, reading it now because I was reading it now in twenty twenty nineteen, thinking of it because it was first published probably in twenty two thousand and eight. Um. At the time, it was like probably a very refreshing re- Very very refreshing. Very like. Something new. Um, it was very interesting to read it now in 2019, you know, because we're kind of it's 10 years later, Um, so I got a nice, a nice edition of the 10-year challenge in reading the Madam.
1: And um, what's so really awesome. cool about about books revisited, even if you only read it for the first time now, but if you reread it as well, because society and politics changes, yes, exactly. the significance and the meaning of a book changes. Because when it first came out, it was like a laugh, a minute it, it was a laugh at our own at the time. Yes. evolving cosmopolitanism now suddenly it takes on a kind of political subtext that wasn't even necessarily intended as um in as hard a manner but i mean obviously zucker right. yeah. is in a an astute social commentator and observer but you know what i mean it takes on a different meaning because context changes
2: and I don't think she knew at the time what, like, what the book would become. Because I think when she was writing it, it was around the, around the time of Madame and Eve. So exactly. So it was very funny, very light. Yeah. And so when you read it now, it's also a very interesting kind of political commentary. So i thought it was the Madame. And right now, because of you, I'm reading um, a series of essays by James Baldwin. Yay! <laughs> that's what
1: I'm doing. You should be the studio so I can give you an affirming hug, with your permission. <laughs> Definitely, absolutely. I'll pop in soon. I am so glad. Which collection do you know? can you recall offhand what which which bold one did you pick um, up? Notes of a native Son? Notes
2: it's got yeah, it's notes of a native Son. So it's got a collection Lovely. of essays in it. Um, And, I mean, I'm just kind of, like, jumping. What's nice about reading essays and reading short stories um, is that you can jump from, like, one to the next. You don't need to read it in order. Um, And so that's what I'm quite enjoying about this
1: Beautiful stuff. Thanks for the love. Thanks for the reading. Look forward to having you in studio. But thanks for starting today's segment for us, Babalwa. Thanks, Yubi. Take care. Ciao. Bye-bye. That's Babal uh, Wanyambezi. You've heard on the show before. Uh, love her love of books and reading and literature. Now, I want to hear from you. What have you been reading over the holiday? A summary of it and a thumbs up or thumbs down. Kabaza. good morning.
3: Morning, Yubi. How are you doing? I'm
1: extremely well. How are you?
3: Um, I'm fine, thanks. Um, thanks for retweeting me just now. I'm so excited. <laughs> um <laughs> Because I read um, the most beautiful piece of literature that didn't even take me more than a day. Because, um, you know, I have, I have these moments when I have crushes, you know, on like figures. Yes. And um, for me, it's Jean Michel Basquiat, you know, he's a, he's a black artist from America who uh, blew up in the 80s, right, to put mm. uh, stunning neo expressionist paintings. Um, which were loaded with, like, you know, heavy social political commentary. And so this book entitled Widow Basquiat, uh, written by Jennifer Clement, is um, tells the story of who he was through the eyes of his long-term girlfriend and his muse, mm. Suzanne Malouk, right? And so we understand who he is through her eyes. And she, she's a white woman, and we get to see how he's struggling at, at that time in that very elitist white world right as a huh. black creative um and 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 his paranoia you know he was also very troubled because he was from an upper class family yeah. but he 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 um dropped out of school because he he, he didn't want to do it he didn't want to do um up and prissy he was a creative and he he thought it as a graffiti artist um called samo right but then he gets discovered by Rene Ricard and the rest is history. And he gets up in, you know, drugs mm, and mm. alcohol. He's part of the 27 Club, in fact. You know, he died in 88. Mm. And so I remember Jay-Z would mention him in this one song called Ocean sang by uh, Frank Ocean on, on, on the chorus. And I was like, who's this Basquiat guy? And I finally got the book. And I watched <laughs> the documentary on YouTube entitled The Radiant Child. And I promise you, I fell in love. And he's a Sagittarian. Oh, my gosh, what a mess. And mm. I fell in love, you know. Um, is the documentary and, and good, uh, by the way? The documentary is excellent. I think it's the best one I've seen on Basquiat to date.
1: I'm being it's such a YouTube. children right now. I'm busy. The Radiant?
3: Yeah, The Radiant Child.
1: I'm busy writing it in my hand. Yeah, I can't find a piece of paper. Yes. I'm going to go it's really watch it. Beautiful. Okay, lovely. Um, his
3: his his friend recorded, uh, you know, lots of instances with him before he died. And you basically get to see who Basquiat was. Um, okay, so it's Basquiat. I together. thought
1: it was like Basquiat. No, it's, it's actually
3: Basquiat <laughs> because it's a French surname, but
1: yeah. you know. I love um, this. and I, You know what I also love? I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just on a high after that middle-hour conversation. But I think, yeah. I don't know if you feel the same, this is such a beautiful portrait as well, the one that you've just tweeted. Absolutely stunning. It's, Her fierce stunning. look I, and also I mean, him. You know, yeah. the eyes are, are beautiful.
3: Can, can you not literally feel um, the, I call it darkness, right? Mm. The, the creative darkness. Of, and, but also, I feel like he, he, he reeks of authenticity. Um, Basquiat was, you know, who he was until the end. And he was, he was very sure about that. You know, overdu- uh, died by drug overdose. But till today, you know, people like Jay-Z, he's still, he's still hip-hop's favorite artist because of what he symbolized as a black creative in a very elitist white art world.
1: You know, I love um, your description. I, I'm sorry, I'm still thirty seconds <laughs> because usually usually reeking is a bad thing, especially if you're reeking of gin and regret. But reeking of yeah. authenticity is a wonderful thing. <laughs>
3: It's 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 a really stunning book it I, I mean i i went through it in a day oh wow because by the time i got the book i'd watched the radiant child 12 times um i <laughs> i read i'd read his famous article that was done by vanity fair when he's wearing and the money suits because he would buy a money suits and paint in them and uh. then throw them away as a way of you know the middle finger to the to the to to to, to, to empire right he's he making so much money he would buy a money suit, paint them, get them filthy, and then, you know, just throw them away. He would throw walls of cash out, limousines, you know, just a typical Sagittarius. <laughs> you know, but he was a brilliant man, and I fell in love with, with how he, he navigated himself in that world, you know. Until today, Basquiat, for me, is like the ultimate, sunny, um, sunny. you know, representation of that grappling as a black mm. person with upward mobility in, in the white world, you know. Beautiful,
1: beautiful. Thank you, darling i I thank will you. go and dip into both the documentary and this read. Thanks so much for coming on.
3: Thank you, thank you
1: C Cheers. I don't know which I get more pleasure out of, and I don't have to choose between them. My own reading pleasure, and my own talking about books are listening to you as a fellow book lover talking about the books that you love and The awesome thing is that we may have overlapping reading interests, but we also read different things, and it's always for me. Really, really, really awesome listening to someone speaking passionately about your preferences, your reading material. Naomi, good morning to you and welcome to the show.
4: Good morning, Yusuvia. Are you well? I'm very well, thank you.
1: Talk to me. What is one of the last books you've managed to read? Did you have a holiday read?
4: Yes. um, So the last book that I read um, was The Ministry of Atmos Happiness um, Mm. by... (laughs) <laughs> um yeah so i mean the title itself you know um yeah so um by arundhati roy um, i'm sure i'm butchering her first
1: Roy, yeah and is it arundhati. readable because it's one of those books and one of those authors where you're not allowed to say i haven't read a sentence or i haven't bought the book you know what i mean so it's like In in polite circles, you must have a copy of The Ministry of Utmost Happiness. But between you and me, how did it go?
4: So, um, you know, I found it to be a very complex read um, because I think, you know, having read um, her previous work, um, The God of Small Things, I, I think I kind of... Um, thought the book would be similar um, just in terms of, um, you know, the story. But, I mean, it's similar in a sense that the setting um, is in India and um, specifically the Ministry um, of Utmost Happiness is setting in Delhi. Um, so, you know, I mean, just reading her first book and then reading this book, um, I mean, I just felt that it's one of those reads that, You know, you you don't read it um, all at once. You have to read it and, you know, reflect on it. Um, And somewhere along the line, you get lost, well, I did. (laughs) Um, And, and, you know, and and you kind of, you know, you kind of hope that somewhere you're going to find the simplicity of just a simple story. But it's just such a complex read. Um, and, And, you know, I mean, I read it, I think, probably over a week. And after I was finished reading, I, I don't know. I mean, I I found really wonderful things about it, but I also just felt like it was so heavy. Mm. Mm. Yeah.
1: Mm. Okay, that's interesting. But ultimately, a thumbs up worth the investment?
4: Um, absolutely. Um, I think, especially if you want to learn more about, you know, um, other countries and especially the political. Um, dynamics that are happening in different countries that we sometimes don't see um, in the news. I think as a South African, you know, to have read the book and to have gotten some insight around the political violence that's happening in India, um, for me, I think that's something that all of us should have a little bit more insight in terms of just what's going on in the world and Absolutely. somehow mm. um, you know the politics of india finds its way very much into the book so i, I mean i would definitely recommend mm. that people should read it yeah. okay
1: lovely thanks you thanks naomi wonderful hearing your voice in the show again Palisa. McNoi says on Twitter, Hi, UCBS. I'm currently reading Justice, a personal account by Justice Edwin Cameron. I'm finding it quite profound. It is a beautiful, beautiful read, uh I keep going. He has, I mean, from the opening description, but the entire book, this back and forth, the way in which he manages to weave the personal into an understanding of the centrality of justice as a concept, and the legal system specifically. He really, really shows in his own personal biography why justice matters, why the law, despite its shortcomings, is incredibly, incredibly important. And um, I think it was a really beautiful, beautiful achievement on Edwin's part. Justice of personal account. Still worth buying that one if you hadn't uh, read it before. Letitia, thanks for calling in and thanks for holding on.
5: Hi, how are
1: you? I'm good, thank you. Oh,
5: I'm dark and lovely. Thank you for asking. (laughs) (laughs) First time caller, I just wanted to say I I love the show. And when 9 o'clock gets, uh, like I see it's 9 o'clock and I'm not on my computer or next year already, I start having panic attacks because I'm like, I'm going to (laughs) miss out, I'm going to miss out. (laughs) Anyhow, so uh, for the holidays, I read Stay With Me. I didn't buy the book. My Mm -hmm. sister-in-law bought it and I borrowed from her. And I'm so happy I did. So it's a bit similar to what your first caller had. So it's a Nigeria type of context. Um, this lady is married to this guy, and for 20 years, for about five, ten, 5, 5, 10 years, there's no children. And people, of course, are starting to talk. And, but it turns out it's not her fault. It's actually the husband. He's important. But in the African culture, you can't say that. You can't come out and say, it's, it's my husband, it's not me. So everybody's talking, everybody's uh, throwing darts at her, and she's taking everything. Mm. And the twist is that he goes around and then he organizes his little brother to sleep with her so that she can fall pregnant. And she doesn't realize that because after 10 years of trying, because she's such an emotional state, one day she finds herself sleeping with the the brother-in-law. <laughs> and she falls pregnant, I promise you. She falls pregnant, unfortunately, because of her her, her blood type. She's an AS blood type, and the, the the brother is SS. So the child comes with a sickle the sickle cell disease. Hmm. So the first child dies, the second child dies, and she's like, you know what? I'm done with this thing. So, but it's one of those books you can't. It's so gripping you can't jump to the to the end of the book because what she does is the writer. What she does is that she's she swaps uh, the narrative, so it's not just from mm. one person. Okay. So she writes from. Uh, the the lady, and then the next chapter okay. is the guy, and that's so interesting. And that
1: that technique yeah. does it work? Um, because yes. many many writers get it right, some don't succeed because you need to be so good that every time you switch between the characters, as a reader, you must feel fully inside the headspace of whichever character you are now reading. She
5: did it brilliantly, mm. like. It was the first time I read a read I read a book like that. So, I'm reading first chapter, second chapter, but in third chapter I'm like, okay, wait. She just shot characters. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the middle of the book, literally, like at lunch break, I was like, bye and I was just this rush. Great, great. As soon as I pop the car, I'm, yeah. I'm closing the car with the book in my hand. I'm <laughs> eating with the book. I'm, I'm that's sorry. lovely. I'm going to the toilet with the yeah, book. That's and, and yeah, that's lovely. It feels good. One of my
1: good. favorite writers, Letitia, that used that technique extremely well in his second book is, of course, Celo Daker. So, if you love that technique, I mean, not that that is the only reason, should you should pick up the book, Quiet Violence of Dreams does exactly that as well. So that's worth putting on your list for this year. But thanks for calling in. We love first time callers, especially sharing your love of reading.
0: The Literature Corner.
1: Okay, we're just wrapping up the Literature Corner. I am delighted that I am almost compelled to continue. I could do this until noon, because you've been reading and um, I feel bad for secretly wondering whether you've been reading over the holiday, hey? So thank you so much for sharing your love of books. I'll take one or two more calls. Let me get on with telling you what uh, book I last read, and it is by Ntikeng Moshlele, and it is called Illumination. It should be available literally within the next week or two. Maybe some bookstores already have early copies, and I definitely think you must go and buy it, but you know that I love this guy's work. Um, it's not a household of African name, and I have... You know when you're a fan, it's kind of weird. You want everyone to share your love of something you like. And at the same time, you also like the fact that someone is almost underground. I think Dekeng's work is becoming more and more popular, especially over the last year or two. Some of the awards that he's won and been shortlisted for. Pleasure won the 2016 University of Johannesburg Main Prize for South African Writing in English. Um, also the 2017 K.C. Lodeker Memorial Prize at the South African Literary Awards and well-deserved pleasure was a stunning, stunning novel. And I've debated this with other writer friends and other lovers of literature, whether he could be enormously popular or whether his brilliance will always have a slightly smaller crowd than more well-known South African authors, but that that is okay. And I'm not sure. I think the jury's out. Maybe you can prove me wrong in my assumption that you also... Are capable of falling in love with this man and sort of wait for the next novel. I used to feel about that with with Cello. I remember when I was in England, coming back holiday, South Africa, and being delighted to discover that uh, there is a third, posthumously published novel out that I didn't even realise was going to be out um, by my favourite author. And I kind of like feel like that with King's work. I can't wait for the next one. Six is a lot. But I'm already waiting to hear what novel number seven is going to be about. Anyway, be that as it may, Illumination is about um, a musician, uh, a really accomplished musician. And uh, this is a musician by the name of Bantu Pong, okay? And And just really about a range of relationships that, as a musician, as a composer, as a band leader, that he has had, but it's kind of like in decline. A little bit linked to the last thing I want to talk about today. This is someone typically whose life uh, professionally is coming to an end, seems to be an inadequate spouse, but but really living for his art, consumed by the art that he lives with, even as all sorts of imbalances happen in his life that uh, propels him, quite frankly, to the brink of mental health crises and deep, 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 deep despair. I loved it. I really loved it. I absolutely loved it. It is accurately summarized on the back of this book as a, quote, unrelenting study of art, possession, and loss. And also, which is a kind of new theme, it's present in the previous five books, but it's more central in this book, of fame, of fame, and what fame can do, the dangers that come with it, but also the ways in which it intrude into your health, your relationships, your person. And there are familiar themes from the other five novels that are dragged across here and explored with a new kind of philosophical depth embodiment, illness, friendship, love, romance, intimacy. And I really I really think you would have to try incredibly hard, and I doubt you'd succeed in convincing me that Ntikang Mushle isn't one of our best contemporary novelist. So Illumination is coming out. That's number six. But um, is it his best one? I don't know. I think it's philosophically his riches. He really put in the intellectual labor. That's what I loved about this book. But at times I felt, and I've told him this, I've engaged him. He's incredibly generous and thoughtful, even with loving critical feedback. But I almost felt at times as if The plot, the narrative, the characters, the dialogue got in the way of an essayist simply wanting to write on those big themes. And having committed to the form, the novel, he had to complete the project. So my wish is, and he knows it, and I'm going to say it a couple of times and see whether I can succeed. I hope his publisher is listening as well. I think it would be really cool if Nti Kang writes a collection of original essays on some of these topics. Forget about the novel for the next book and simply get on with with writing. I mean, you can still be creative in how you construct an essay, but an essay proper. I'm not talking columns as in newspaper columns. A classic essay in the mold of George Orwell's essays or the essays I was speaking a little bit earlier about um, in relation to, you know, great American writers like James Baldwin, I'd love to see Kang actually experiment with an essay as a form because a lot of the philosophical insights in this novel, Illumination, are some of the, the passages where the main character ruminate on a lot of these issues. And then it's almost as if the novelist remembers, oh, Gona, I better get on with making sure my characters interact with each other, so that that's the only critical feedback I would give, and I'd really like to see him experimenting more directly with the essay as a format uh, in the next venture sixteen minutes before noon. The
0: Literature corner
1: Lindy, where you've been patient, which book do you want to speak to?
6: I'm
1: um, hey, I'm good, thank you.
6: Oh, thanks. Um, I wanted to review the McDonald's concert by Victor. Yeah, boy. What did you make of it? Um, oh yeah. Now let me first start by saying that I also went and um, searched for the secret life of Baba Sees uh, because uh, life of yeah. When I first met Uthile, because I remember we were uh, who's it? Fred Commander was actually launching his, his book, yeah. and the only thing which you know could speak about was that book. And he, <laughs> I, I just got left out, and he told me about his upcoming trip to Nigeria and everything. And that guy can talk about books. So I was like, oh my goodness, I have to read this book. So it is a very good read, and I do recommend it as well to a lot of other people.
7: Yeah.
6: Um, so, yeah, my first read for the year was um, The McDonald's Excelsior. Uh, ironically enough, on the same year that we are having our elections, and I didn't even actually, you know, I didn't find the the route that uh is took with the book because I think the title itself really betrays the storyline, and um, so it's set in the town of Exosar in Free State, and it's pre it's during apartheid and post-democracy so it's him delving into um how actually the africans and uh, non-blacks lived at that time and the relations hence um the colored community came about in the area and um at at some point um i actually you know i would have i would have thought that it actually took. Take the narrative of of being purely pro-black and advocating for blacks, and how okay, especially when he spoke of the of the main um, character, which is Forby, um Nikki's daughter. I actually thought that maybe um, he'd take the narrative of how at that time. Um, you know, the boos then, um, or Africaners were actually would actually sexually violate mm. black people. But then no, he took a route by they're actually just having relations mm. and they were both, you know, um the women uh, were consenting to it and it was just that thing that they they just knew that mm. the maid is like the side tick of 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 the train bus or the bus mm. at the time, so um he actually played a lot of dev, um, the devil's advocate as well because um there lot okay there's a point where they go into a trial where they um because they break the the act whereby they cannot uh, fraternize of course with blacks and whites the relationships are not allowed at the time and when they go to court uh, they come back and. Now, one of the of the of the characters there is now talking about uh, oh yeah, post-democracy, post-apartheid brother. He's now talking about how they felt betrayed by their fathers, and. He actually does into it and explains that they were taught to fight the system and they were taught to hate blacks, and now all of a sudden the fathers are discussing peace <laughs> and declared at the forefront and is now releasing people whom they were taught that they should hate terrorists. And all of a sudden, quarters are brought into government and um, they the not being... Um, you know, considered when it comes to higher posts but then now these terrorists as, because they use the word terrorists a lot, which are the movement um leaders are now brought into government and structures whereby they're now in leadership whereby they were groomed to believe they would take over. So now he you know he brings in that narrative that actually um the whites as well they were actually betrayed by the peace negotiations by saying that now change your minds and their fathers mm. um then you know making a reference to declare and all the others
1: that, that to sounds die. like it's really incredibly con- um historically rich and then also engaging some of the contemporary mm-hmm. issues that's absolutely wonderful so just on a parting shot i assume from this incredibly close reading of yours that that's a thumbs up
6: it is, especially this year, since we're going to elections. Because it also does touch okay. on st- stomach politics and everything else. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> Thanks, so, Lindy. Where? Thanks so much for calling in, eh? Much appreciated. Eleven minutes before noon. Sam, my apologies. I've got to go shopping for a minute or two. I'll come back, and then I will take your call. As we wrap up today's Literature Corner, I'll squeeze in one or two more. The Twitter timeline is just going crazy, even crazier than our phone lines with the books that you've been reading and that you're reviewing on Twitter as well. Thanks so much for these. Renata Stierman. How's it, Renata? One of my other faves. Love it to bits. Renata says got these for my birthday in December finished one still busy with the other yeah it's on my list i've got to read a manuscript that i have to do a preview preview of and then after that i'm coming to becoming by Michelle Obama i wonder if that's the one that you've already read renata and what you've made of it uh, thanks for thanks for that tweet okay so we're just checking in with you what have been your holiday reads summarize it and tell me whether you recommend it or not 10 minutes before noon
0: the literature corner
1: yeah, eight minutes before noon. Let's go to right and in center. In fact, how's it, Sam?
8: Hi, Yusufus. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Great. I've been holding one for long, but you know what? It's going to be worth the while.
1: Thank you so much for your patience. What have you been reading?
8: Look, I've browsed through a lot of books. I like leadership books, uh, Stephen Covey, uh, you know, mm. Anthony Robbins, those kind of you know motivational books. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, I was at Estorial Books in Eastgate, and I picked up a book called Through the Eyes of an Ordinary Employee. Hmm. I thought to myself, what, what is this, you know? And I haven't read something like that, a title like that before. Anyway, it gripped me, and I, I turned the back of the book like, they always, like all normal people do, just to get a bit of insight into the book. And, wow, amazing. It actually talks about the real-life experience uh, experiences of an ordinary employee within corporate SA. Something that has never been done before,
7: mm.
8: and uh, you know what I tell you, it's un- you, you can't you can't put it down. You just can't. I, I read the book like maybe five or six times. Uh, it actually highlights things that we, we we sort of push under the carpet. You know, things that happen in corporate in the corporate world. Yes, we go for our team buildings. We go for this. We go for that. But the real life of what an ordinary employee does go through, and how he relates to. Uh, to the things that happen from transition to transformation to actual, uh, you know, sometimes in some cases poor management styles, poor leadership roles. Um, And then he, he, you know, he he, he actually gets thrown from one section to the next section. But it's actually real life. And if you read this book, you know, it it just makes you aware. Like I'm a leader and I'm a manager, so I'm now more aware of how I should be treating my staff and looking at my staff. You know, this is something that we always talk about. Many books about leadership, many things about it. But when you look at it from the perspective of a different person, like through the eyes of an ordinary employee, I tell you, it's something else, just something else.
1: That's amazing. I thought you were going to start out there by saying, I saw this title, UCB, as it says, for your average Joe, and I thought to myself, I'm an average Joe. <laughs>
8: Uh, No, you're not an average (laughs) Joe. But nevertheless, you know what? Um, I must tell you something. It's a good read. It's an easy read. It it doesn't take you long to read. Uh, Once you get into it and you start realizing, and if you want to better your leadership style, you know, we look at all the leadership gurus. And apparently this author, I tried to Google him and try to – he's a local guy. He's he's a guy from South Africa. He's actually from Benoni. His cover of the book says Shiraz. Um, and I think, you know what, it is phenomenal. I think, you know what, because he hasn't got exposure on the book, you know, I must tell you something. It's something that is an eye-opener for corporate essay because the same mistakes get repeated and repeated and repeated. And it's almost like, you know, you hand over your bad traits to your next your next generation of leaders. And I, I think, you know, if, if leaders really want to take a, a step back, open their eyes, read this book, it goes from team building to everything. And it tells you all the shenanigans in between. Look, it's not a, it's not a bitch and moan book. It's a book quite straightforward, but it's also written uh, with the perspective in mind of an ordinary employee. And it just gives you a whole new view about what leadership should be. Give uh, us uh, the title
1: I, of the I mean, author again, because a lot of people are now asking for it. Just repeat it.
8: Uh, I think the, the, if you go to Astorio Books, uh, the author's name is Shiraz Sirkot, mm-hmm. or Sirkot, I'm not sure. And uh, he, he uh, and the book title is available in the store. It's called Through the Eyes of an Ordinary Employee. The book okay. sells for about 120 bucks. It's a very cheap book, uh, but I tell you the content, it's phenomenal. And, I, and okay. I think for the first time writer, I give him a big heads up because he has covered things not in a long format of a story and that he gets to the point, tells you exactly what the experience was, how he went through this experience, okay. and, and, and where he is. Fair
1: enough, yeah. Through the eyes of an ordinary employee, I've just typed it in there. That's what you heard me tinkering away on here, yeah. and, um, yeah, I, I found it. Thanks so much, Sam. Thanks for Thank calling you so in. so much for your time. It's only Thanks a pleasure. Yeah. Thank what, you, sir. What a feast. I am delighted. I really am truly delighted. I am determined to get myself and you to continue being in love with or for the first time fall in love with reading, reading, reading. And like I always say, it doesn't matter what you read. Can be comic strips, can be essays, can be your favourite highbrow international journal, can be just a regular daily newspaper. As long as you are reading, 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 I think that's a good start, and that's exactly what we try and do here on the Literature Corner. And that was today's edition of it.
0: The Literature Corner.
1: Yeah, eight minutes before noon. Let's go to Righty in and In fact, how's it, Sam?
8: Hi, Super. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Great. I've been holding on for long, but you know what? It's going to be worth the while.
1: Thank you so much for your patience. What have you been reading?
8: Look, I've browsed through a lot of books. I, I like leadership books, uh, Stephen Covey, uh, you know, mm. Anthony Robbins, those kind of you know motivational books. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, I was at Historial books in Eastgate, and I picked up a book called Through the Eyes of an Ordinary Employee. Hmm. I thought to myself, what? What is this? You know, and I haven't read something like that, a title like that before. Anyway, it gripped me, and I, I turned the back of the book like we always, like all normal people do, just to get a bit of insight into the book. And wow, amazing! It actually talks about the real life experience of, uh, experiences of an ordinary employee within corporate SA. Something that has never been done before, mm. and uh, you know what I tell you—it's un- you, you can't you can't put it down. You just can't. I, I read the book like maybe five or six times. Uh, it actually highlights things that we, we we sort of push under the carpet. You know, things that happen in corporate in the corporate world. Yes, we go for our team buildings. We go for this. We go for that. But the real life of what an ordinary employee does go through, and how he relates to. Uh, to the things that happen to him from transition to transformation to actual uh, you know sometimes in some cases poor management styles poor leadership roles um, and then he, he you know he, he he actually gets thrown from one section to the next section, but it 's actually real life and if you read this book you know it it just makes you aware like i'm a leader and i 'm a manager so i I'm now more aware of how I should be treating my staff and looking at my staff. You know, this is something that we always talk about. Many books about leadership, many things about it. But when you look at it from the perspective of a different person, like through the eyes of an ordinary employee, I tell you it's something else, just something else. That's
1: amazing. I thought you were going to start out that by saying, I saw this title, UCB, as It says, for your average Joe. And I thought to myself, I'm an average Joe. <laughs>
8: Uh, No, you're not an average (laughs) Joe. But nevertheless, you know what? Um, I must tell you something. It's a good read. It's an easy read. It it doesn't take you long to read. Uh Once you get into it and you start realizing, and if you want to better your leadership style, you know, we look at all the leadership gurus. And apparently this author, I tried to Google him and try to – he's a local guy. He's he's a guy from South Africa. He's actually from Benoni. Uh, His cover of the book says Shiraz. Um, and I think, you know what, it is phenomenal. I think, you know what, because he hasn't got exposure on the book, you know, I must tell you something. It's something that is an eye opener for a corporate essay because the same mistakes get repeated and repeated and repeated. And it's almost like, you know, you hand over your bad traits to your next your next generation of leaders. And I, I think, you know, if, if leaders really want to take a, a step back, open their eyes, read this book, it goes from team building to everything, and it tells you all the shenanigans in between. Look, it's not a, it's not a bitch and moan book. It's a book quite straightforward, but it's also written uh, with the perspective in mind of an ordinary employee. And it just gives you a whole new view about what leadership should be. Give uh, us uh, so the
1: title I, of the I, author again, because a lot of people are now asking for it. Just repeat it.
8: Uh, I think the, the, if, if you go to historial books, uh, the author's name is Shiraz Sirkot.
7: Mm-hmm.
8: Or Sirkot, I'm not sure. And, uh, he, he, uh, and the book title. Is available in the story. It's called Through the Eyes of an Ordinary Employee. The book okay. sells for about 120 bucks. It's a very cheap book, uh, but I tell you the content, it's phenomenal. And I, and okay. I think for the first time writer, I give him a big heads up because he has covered things not in a long format of a story, and that he gets to the point, tells you exactly what the experience was, how he went through this experience, okay. and, and and where he is.
1: Fair enough, yeah. Through the eyes of an ordinary employee, I've just typed it in there. That's what you heard me tinkering away on here, yeah. yeah. and, um, yeah, I, I found it. Thanks so much, Sam. Thanks for Thank calling so in. so much
8: for your time.
1: It's only Thank a pleasure. You yeah. Thank what, you, sir. What a feast. I am delighted. I really am truly delighted. I am determined to get myself and you to continue being in love with or for the first time fall in love with reading, reading, reading. And like I always say, it doesn't matter what you read. Can be comic strips, can be essays, can be your favorite highbrow international journal, can be just a regular daily newspaper. As long as you are reading, 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 I think that's a good start. And that's exactly what we try and do here on the Literature Corner. And that was today's edition of it.
0: What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Forget New Year, New Me. This year, resolve to fill your passport with stamps of adventure. Kickstart your 2019 travel dreams with Travel Start's exclusive access to all the hottest flight specials in town. What's on your 2019 travel bucket list? We'll get you there for less in just a few clicks. Visit our website now to book cheap flights online. TravelStarts.co.za. Travel made simple. T's and T's Welcome to Harold's Relationship Hotline, brought to you by Netforest. Talk to me, Bongi. Harold, I'm an idiot. I need to make up to my base, Seaway. I called on my ex's name, Seale. <gasps> Scandalous. And now Seale, I mean Seaway, won't speak to me. Bongals, you need to get them both
1: something. Go to netforest.co.za and get Seaway a fluffy gown with a name on it.
0: What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Cases and cases of confidence. Staples can help give you the confidence that your business is ready for the year ahead with all the supplies you need.
3: Like paper. And right now, when you buy a 10-ream case of Staples multi-purpose paper,
0: you get one free. So you can be confident you're ready for whatever business comes your way.
3: Buy one case of Staples Multipurpose Paper, get one free. Now
0: at Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. In store only, limit 10, valid through 1519. Yo.zede. Forget New Year, New Me. This year, resolve to fill your passport with stamps of adventure. Kickstart your 2019 travel dreams with TravelStarts exclusive access to all the hottest flight specials in town. What's on your 2019 travel bucket list? We'll get you there for less in just a few clicks. Visit our website now to book cheap flights online. Travelstart.co.za Travel made simple. T's and C's apply. Welcome to Harold's Relationship Hotline, brought to you by Netforest. Talk to me, Bongi. Harold, I'm an idiot. I need to make up to my base, Seaway. I called her my ex's name, Seale. <gasps> Scandalous. And now Seale, I mean Sewe, won't speak to me. Bongals, you need to get them both something. Go to netforest.co.za and get
1: Sewe a fluffy gown with a name on it,